0: Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Azure podcast with your host Sam Foote
1: and Anne Armstrong.
0: If you're new here, we're a pair of Azure and Microsoft 365-focused IT security professionals.
1: It's episode 7 of season 5. Sam and I had a recent discussion around vulnerability management, a process of finding, prioritizing and fixing security weaknesses in your organization. Here are a few things we covered. What are vulnerabilities? Why should you be monitoring and resolving them? How can Microsoft Solutions help? And what licenses do you need?
0: We've noticed a large number of you aren't subscribed. If you do enjoy our podcast, please do consider subscribing. It would mean a lot to us for you to show your support to the show.
1: It's a really great episode, so let's dive in.
0: Hey, Alan, how are you
1: doing? Hey, Sam, not doing too bad. How are you?
0: Yeah, good, thank you. Good, thank you. Uh, Any any news this week um, from the world of azure that you know you want to share
1: uh, again i've been pretty busy this week um but uh I, th- I think uh we know about microsoft secure happening on the 13th or 14th of um march so yeah the second i think it's the second one ever to um as it's sort of a new virtual event
0: we should probably do a wrap-up of that i would have thought um, I assume it's going to be a very AI heavy <laughs> um <laughs> episode. Is is my guess?
1: Yeah, well, it's it's on when I'm in Seattle, so it's going to be interesting.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. So you're going to have to, I don't know, I don't know. Catch maybe up live streaming it. <laughs> yeah, <don't> maybe. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. Um, I saw there was a uh learn pathway for security copilot that's been published. Mm-hmm. Uh did you see that? I haven't actually checked it out. Have you had a look at it?
1: No, I haven't had a look yet.
0: No. I just thought it was interesting that we've got a, a learned pathway before we've got a, a pricing and a GA date. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I think that says it all, I think, really, about the, you know, uh the the push of the product. But um it'd be really interesting to see uh what, what sort of news comes out of secure because obviously we've got um security copilot which is you know on its way to us don't know have you got any other things that you're sort of thinking is going to be released then or do you think it's just gonna be a recap because last time i don't think it was too much new product there was there it was more recap if i remember rightly
1: it was when security copilot was announced the first time so yeah it was yeah it's when it was first announced first sort of highlighted i suppose and then ignite brought it bit more closer to, to yes the, true yeah to the to, to be to reality i guess um but yeah no i can't think of anything that's coming up there's a few things in the broke preview community that will probably be released um then either into public preview or um uh general general availability ga so um but yeah what about you so Have you heard any any other news around azure that's yeah
0: um, no, not really. Since our, uh, last sort of, um, update, um, obviously we'll probably be due a news. we we'll just have a look at the calendar actually. No news will be not next episode. The episode after, um, yeah, cause we're sort of flying through the month now, aren't we? Right. We're getting towards <laughs> the end of February. So yeah, we're already at what, what is this episode seven, isn't it? Of season five. It's yeah. Again, we say it every single time. It just goes so quickly, doesn't it?
1: Can I say normally this would be like a third of the way through the the seat the seat you know this, the uh, season.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: In our old way of doing twenty episodes a season, sort of seasons, <laughs> well,
0: just for John, for John Alan. right? What are we talking about this week?
1: Yeah, so we're going to dive into vulnerability management. Um, we've kind of talked previously in other episodes about. Um, some of the technology that Microsoft has and that it, you know, helps with vulnerability management. I don't think we've ever sort of talked overall and then sort of brought them all together. So I think that's the idea.
0: Okay. Let's start from the top then, shall we? Um, to, to what, what are vulnerabilities and why should we, you know, be concerned about them?
1: So vulnerabilities are, um, weaknesses. I think the best thing, way to say it, it kind of, you know, um, weaknesses that are um within your within your organization generally and that's that's probably a generalized term for it but the the context i'm using is um within your within your operating within your software within your hardware um within your um i guess you could also say your configuration so um vulnerabilities are sometimes um like i said configuration um but also, um, within the sort of, I guess the world, um, we have, um, something called CVEs, um, and don't quote me what CVE means. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but in effect, um, when a vulnerability is found within some software, um, and it's been reported then a CVE is created for it, um, with the type of, um, weakness that's within the software, what it could be used for, so like remote code execution things like that um and then you know what version um soft of software or you know bios etc that it's um it's that um and then i guess how you can then track uh, it's a way to then track um that within your organization and it's important to sort of keep track of this because it might be that um maybe you aren't Uh, You have a lengthy patch process um, with core critical systems um, and, you know, one of these vulnerabilities might come out that puts you at risk of being compromised. You know, it might open a back door. Um, We've seen it, uh, um, you know, be on um, firewalls, you know, VPN solutions where people can then, you know, create connections, get into your network that way um, or, you know, grab, credentials from from the, the systems um and then yeah if you're not you know patching you know your environment um regularly then yeah you, know, you you're you're sort of exposed to that risk um yeah you know, some of the the really big vulnerabilities we've seen is things like um uh, like the the biggest well the biggest one that I've had to sort of in, be involved in was things like the solowin's CVE um, when they had a, a supply chain attack, um, you know, there's a lot of organizations use SolarWinds to monitor their their networking and things like that, and it was potentially able to do some remote code execution because it's on all the machines to monitor. So, you know, that was quite a key one that I've had to deal with in the past to you know track, make sure everything's up to date, and you know make sure an organization you know isn't compromised anymore. Well, not compromised, but uh vulnerable to the, to the, the CVE. So, um, it's very generally, it's hard to, um, you need software to be monitoring it. Um, it's very difficult to not have that because it, you know, could be one, two, three people's, you know, time to, um, to look, you know, to check, you know, vulnerability lists that are out there or, you know, big announcements. Um, it could be, you know, they, they may have to be checking, make sure I think is up to date. Um, checking what versions they're on, you know, it's almost like asset. You need you need software, you need software asset, and things like that. So I think that's sort of it, quite you know high level, I guess. Um, and yeah, you definitely need to be sort of tracking it at least. Um, and trying to keep you yeah, know make sure you're just just reducing your exposure to risk at that point
0: so so you're saying this is a a sort of a constant challenge for organizations? I assume you know um with how much software that organizations use on their you know if we just take a talk about software you know vulnerabilities mm-hmm. as an example. Um, like you say, there can, can be a configuration of firmware, but let's just focus on software for the moment, right? Um, I don't know what the average inventory size is of software on an endpoint in an organization, but I bet you it must be tens, if not hundreds of applications, right? Um, to, to, to me, this, this must be just an ongoing sort of whack-a-mole situation of you know um, having vulnerabilities exposed publicly you tracking them down and constantly patching your machines. Um, do you do you really need to do it manually? You know, do you not have things like you know Windows Update that sort of you know covers you for these these types of things?
1: Yeah, so it's you're right. It is it is a bit of sort of like you said whack a mole um, kind of thing to it. And I've been in situations kind of like you said. You know, once a, a you know something's being announced, you know you've got the software it's on all of your endpoints, you've got to then rapidly patch it. And it could be Windows updates at the same time. It could be, you know, Windows vulnerability. Um, But, you know, as much as we'd like everything to sort of patch instantly, (laughs) um, it's not always that easy. So having to track that, have to, to understand what is remediated, what isn't, understanding how much of your environment is at risk, because bear in mind you might be you know amazing at patching and maybe patch tuesday you know the next day it's it's all done sort of thing um i mean i'd like to see an organization that might do that because it's, it's not that easy but um you know uh, without being understand how much risk you've got or to to sign it off because you're going to have you know your your security team saying this needs patching now tell me where how you know how exposed we are sort of thing um do we need to start locking down? you know stuff um but yes you can can do some of that automatically um it's there's various sort of tools out there you've that have you know, vulnerability scanners and things like that um but it's it's not just it's a key part of it is monitoring it or understanding what what where your software is on versioning and things like that and that sort of asset i guess software asset register to understand what versions are out there. So you can track if you're vulnerable and things like that. Um so there are you know tools for for doing that, but then there's tools that also help with the the vulnerability and understanding you know this version of software has this many vulnerabilities in it.
0: Okay, so it it is of it seems like a staple of modern IT, I suppose, you know, and the responsibility of organizations to keep on top of it. It seems like quite a complex situation really you know on the surface it's seems relatively simple i suppose you know it's like just keep everything up to date but i suppose when you've got potentially hundreds or thousands of endpoints with a software catalog of hundreds of you know different pieces of software and they're updated very differently then you know tracking that is not a manual job anymore at that point right
1: yeah and you might not be able to update software because you might need to go for a testing process you know there might be a you know, a made you maybe you're on a, a minor version, you know, there's a major version upgrade and you have to go to that to be, you know, patched against this vulnerability. You know, you might not be able to do that because your software relies on it. I mean, take, you know, older versions of Java runtimes. You know, some of those are quite have got some quite um some some vulnerability. Well they will they have vulnerabilities in them that are patched in, you know, newer versions, but your software only runs on that lower version, so you know you need to track where that risk is.
0: Yeah, yeah, like you say, there's. It's not just security related related patching. You've also got f- functionality related patching in there as well. Mm. You know, deprecations. You know that you've got to deal with. I suppose. Yeah. No, it's, it seems complicated. Um. Okay. So so what solution? Um it is in place for Microsoft to sort of help with
1: vulnerabilities in the organization. So there, there is, it kind of is a, it's a mix of quite a lot of products for around, around vulnerability. Um, it did kind of start in one place, um, which was Defender for endpoint. Um, Cause I think, you know, when the, well, the plan Two side of things, you know, that came with, Vulnerability management sort of early doors. Um kind of start uh your monitoring of your of your, endpoints. Um but you know you've got so you've got defender endpoint. Um uh, Microsoft then brought out um some additional functionality in that space around Microsoft Defender Vulnerability Management as an add-on to enhance that capability. Um you then got um some of the new capability in in things like Microsoft Defender for Cloud, the, the Cloud Security Posture Management, CSPM. So some of the protective workloads in, around that, like uh, especially in Defender for Server, um, you was able to then use um, Defender for Endpoint to do your vulnerability checking, or you could use um, sort of bring your own license uh, or a, a lightweight version of the license for Qualys which is another sort of vulnerability management solution. Um, so across those sort of couple of products there, you do get sort of sight of everything um, as well, again, uh, kind of tied to Defender for Endpoint because it's kind of started there really because your endpoints are the most vulnerable places. That's where your users are sort of you know surfing the internet, et cetera, and exposing it themselves. Um is uh they had uh, some other capability around um enterprise IoT on your env- on your on your um on your network as well. Um so I think that's kind of sort of the key areas um or the, the key products at least that um sort of help you with that um today with uh there be like I said, you know, there's configuration. You know, if we talk about configuration and things like that, then you know, Defender Cloud CSPM helps with that to reduce your risk there around vulnerable sort of configuration. So so,
0: to me, you're saying that there's not just one tool that can sort of cover your whole organization. Is that fair to say? Because you've got different types of environments, different types of devices, different types of vulnerabilities.
1: Yeah, it depends on the key areas. I mean... Defender for endpoint and defender for server sort of scenarios. That is a key area. Cause like I said, that's where your, your applications are. Um, and again, when we dive in, if we dive into it in a bit, you know, there's other capability there to look at other hardware that's on the network. Um, but really in the defender vulnerability management just is an enhancement to it or, um, a slightly different uh, license around it to help if you don't have full M you know Defender for Endpoint plan two. So it's kind of like the Microsoft Defender Vulnerability Management is kind of the the sort of main product, I guess, around vulnerability management for your endpoints. Um, but if you've got Defender for Endpoint already uh, plan two, then you can have an, an add-on to it to sort of an, add the enhancements that you get in MDVM. So. Uh, it is over a couple of products, and of course, I uh, thinking about now. I didn't even include you know things like Defender for IoT. That's looking at your ot environment and the vulnerabilities that might be in there. So it is a wider product. So I think that's kind of uh, the, the kind of the good thing is you know that you're you've got technology out there that you know you may already be consuming, like you know Defender for Endpoint Plan Two for your EDR, you know xdr sort of capability and as part of that you've got you know baked into the into the solution you know vulnerability management
0: should we go through um sort of each one of those products and sort of just deep dive in on them just a a little bit more about sort of what what area each one is um sort of focused on and, and what they're trying to achieve
1: yeah, so let's, let's go into sort of Defender for Cloud first. And um, this this kind of ties into Defender for Endpoint, but you know, if you've got Defender for Server uh, Plan 2 in there as the protective workload, and you've got the Defender CSPM side of it. Um, so I don't know if you need a combination or you can use them individually. I, I still need to work that out. But as part of that, um, one of them you get Defender for Endpoint and with a plan to get the, the add on as well, the vulnerability management for your, um, for your servers. Um, but one of the key parts is within your Azure AWS, and GCP environments, um, Microsoft have recently um, released in preview. I think it is no, that's anti virus scanning, but the vulnerability scanning is now um, agentless so that it's able to, um take snapshots of your disk and then scan it offline. So your barrier to um getting you know the Defender Endpoint deployed on it um is gone. So you know security teams can in effect do vulnerability scanning without deploying an agent, which I think is quite quite powerful to get a quick sort of well, to get quick results really without having to go through the process of Deployment. Yes, you probably will want to deploy Defender for Endpoint on those endpoints and servers, but that's not necessarily a quick, a quick task. So, yeah,
0: because well, if you have an agentless scan of vulnerability management, I assume that inventory you could, I don't know, update it once a day, right? You know, I don't, I don't know how. I suppose unless you're patching and i don't really know what a patching schedule would be like on like a server for an example right you might not patch you know have automatic patching all the time right so actually mm. like you say um having a snapshot of the disk and then a running a running a scan to look for vulnerabilities in another sort of asynchronous and disconnected process means that you don't have any configuration changes to your server So, you know, application teams, infrastructure teams, you know, people that look after the machines themselves will have less concerns because there's less risk there. There's no actual changes to the machines to get your solution onboarded to it. And also there's no performance impact, I assume, except for taking the snapshot of the disk. But that is just that's part of that's part of Azure anyway, isn't Mm -hmm. it right? You know, just part of like, you know, normal process. So that seems like a really like efficient way to get access. Um, to those machines
1: yeah it, exactly and you know there might be like you said concerns about having av on um operating systems because it's uh, i mean there, there was obviously an argument around that but um we, we definitely see it around linux side of things that um some of the avs uh you know defender and other avs out there you know take a lot of resources on linux potentially or they're not, you know, because they've not been sized to support, you know, an, an AV solution scanning. Then, you know, then they're not scanned, they're not monitored, you don't know what's happening on them sort of thing. So, like you said, agent agent scanning just removes that um, barrier and just allows you to at least see it, because the data still goes into, I believe, into Defender for Endpoint, vulnerability management, so you can see it all with the other um, resources there so and also in in um in defender cloud as well itself so yeah it's re- i think it's really powerful and I, like i sort of said earlier as well which isn't really related to defender for um uh, isn't related to uh, vulnerability management but they've also done um agentless scanning where they scan the disk for malware as well so Nice. Yeah, using the same great. technology, but uh, just a uh, different uh, scope. So, yeah, definitely. that's interesting.
0: Yeah, really interesting. Yeah, really good. Uh, what about uh, uh, Defender for Endpoint?
1: Yeah, so Defender for Endpoint is the heart of it, I think. And um, th- there's so much in here. So, if you've got Defender for Endpoint, plan two, or Microsoft Defender Vulnerability Management. Full full license. Um, you in effect anything that you enable the sense agent on, or say so you enable you know the defender endpoint part. Um, it then continuously scans the endpoint because it's collecting all the data anyway because it's part of the EDR sort of solution side of things. Um, and then that will collect your your software infantry and all of your software versions, and then what vulnerabilities are in it. And then you get a, a list of CVEs in there. Um, and a question I always get is how often does it scan? Well, it doesn't really scan because it's just collecting all the data anyway. So it will see the change in so, you know software version because it's happening on the device. So it's not necessarily a scan itself, it's just collected as part of that you know, Defender for Endpoint service. And then it's only when the portal update maybe every twenty four hours with the with the data um up there. So you can really easily see you know how many devices have got you know vulnerabilities and what software. And that kind of so that's just like, you know, um say so we'll say Windows Windows Linux, Mac and servers. Okay. That's you know that part. And then the other part is, for Defender for Endpoint because it supports Android and iOS, is it also tells you the vulnerabilities in the operating system and the applications that are there. Which is, um, which is great. Um, it's obviously a bit more difficult with Android with the amount of versions and how often they get patched based on the manufacturer, but at the same time, like I was kind of saying, you're Understanding where your risk is within your organization, and you know, monitoring it at that point. So um, that's really good to sort of see that visibility and see that there's a you know maybe a a large CV or on, on a certain type of device that you maybe have in your organization. and You need to it's an older version of phone, maybe, and you need to replace it, maybe because it's too of a you know too much of a risk. Uh, to keep it um so that's doing ios and android and then and then the next part is that you've got um you've got scanning of uh network scanning of your switches so using snmp to scan your switches your routers your firewalls and things like that um to to collect that collect data off them. Um, see what version they are, and then and then of uh, monitoring those assets as well to see you know whether there's a, a vulnerability in the software that needs patching. So you know within one product, you're now talking about you know your your end users, your servers, your phones. Now we're talking about switches, um, switches, routers, firewalls, you know things that support SNMP and that's that's you know great as well and it can use you know the scanner is just installed on a on a defender for endpoint um what well, defender for endpoint endpoint um to to do that scanning and that could be sat in the server you know the the data center where it is um or in the office on a machine that's you know always on maybe it's the the um the boardroom you know um PC that's always on uh, to that scanning. So that's you know that's good as well. Um, and then uh, in the last sort of year or so, they've added uh, enterprise IoT capability. So this is scanning your network, uh, your endpoint scanning the, your network, or having a a passive scanner. Um, but then it's able to then query your IOT devices like your, I know your Xbox, three hundred and sixty. It's pretty too old now, isn't it? But the you know the latest Xbox, um you know, your PlayStation fives, your your TVs, your Chromecast, your Apple TVs, etc. They're all on the network um, and printers. And it's able to then, if if the data is provided by those those endpoints about their 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 version of software, um, can then tell you if there's vulnerabilities in that. And whether they need patching and things like that. So now you, you've covered what what have we covered? We've covered endpoints, servers, mobiles, uh, network equipment, and now IoT devices, just in one product that you get out of pretty much out of the box from MDE with a bit of config. It's just such a, you know Massive. If you, such break, a, if you
0: break those endpoints down as well. You got Windows, Mac,
1: and Linux, right? So, (laughs) Mac, yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) You know, so it's it is pretty. I suppose the coverage, the platform coverage, is pretty pretty insane there for MDE, right? You know,
1: yeah, and they're always in adding more functionality in there. You know, because I mean, we did an episode couple of weeks ago i think on defend for Endpoint. um and i don't know if i went into the phone stuff actually but anyway um, so so yeah it's it's just there's just so much information in there and when you got the information you can see your risk it gives you your um, exposure score so the higher the number out of 100 the more exposed you are it tells you whether you know when there's a new um active you know a campaign to use you know that you know some bad actors are using to um exploit you know a certain CVE it will tell you whether you're you know patched to mitigate against it or if you've got you know endpoints vulnerable or it will tell you if because it's collecting the data whether that type of attack is actually being attempted on your environment because of that CVE so it, it's just insane really how much information you get and it is a lot of there's you know there's a lot of you know stuff in there you know what you need to patch why you need to patch it you know links to the cves themselves and things like that um and then it's now it's got a tool or a part of it now is um you've got remediation so it doesn't necessarily remediate automatically but you can specify you know i need to patch Adobe. So you can say I need to remediate that, and then it will create you a task um, in Defender for Endpoint Vulnerability Management sort of section, and then you can track. Um, say you've got like thirty machines that need patching; it will show you at you know percentage of which ones how much has been patched. Um, and today, you can then either create a I think a service ticket within um, ServiceNow, or you can create a administration task in tune. So, if you've got two teams, so you've got the security team and your endpoint, your management team, you can the security team can send a task to Intune, and there's a section for administrative tasks, and it will tell them that they need to patch it from you know this version to the latest one. So then they know they got to create the package, to then you know deploy it out. So. That's really powerful as well, especially if you've got you know, uh, you're a large organisation. You've got multiple teams that can't see you know specific data there.
0: So it's 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 coordinating, uh, fun, well. It's, it's not just doing vulnerability management, but you know for this conversation, it is right. Um, it's it's coordinating coordinating vulnerability management. Well, um, sorry, vulnerability discovery. You know, software mm-hmm. inventory for all of these various different platforms, you know, anywhere from endpoints to phones to networking equipment to, you know, IoT equipment, OT equipment, right? Um, And then it's sending all that information to one singular place, which allows you to sort of manage and coordinate that sort of approach to, you know, to to patching and remediating that. Because I think that's probably pretty key is if you're somebody in an organization where it's your... Um, responsibility to make sure that you know you reduce as much you know vulnerability risk as possible that you have all the information in front of you right you know you know um, I don't know let's say a CVE has been classified as a high risk in your scenario it may be lower risk to you or it might be a risk that you have to accept because of some sort of incompatibility with a version or, you know, XYZ, right? You know, so it's probably not just cut and dry, oh, I see a vulnerability, I must patch it immediately. You know, there there's there's probably a process that you've got to go through identification, understanding, and then, you know, um implementation, right? So yeah, it seems you know, really great that it's just this sort all of all in one sort of solution to so many different platforms.
1: Yeah, and and the the patching there's no sort of auto patching within the sort of the, the Microsoft vulnerability sort of environment you can you can build um, you can build you know there is APIs to access the data so you could build some automation in there to create package you know packages for you into Intune and things like that um, but probably to sort of call out that as part of the sort of new stuff that's in the Intune suite. You know, to help with that sort of automatic sort of patching, it's not to say automating it, but there's a new feature coming out that's around, you know, package management or application management and sort of more enhanced one than what's already there. And that allows you to, in effect, say there's an update for this package. Do you want me to, you know, create you the next package? So they are within Intune building that mechanism to make it easy to. Uh, create the you know create the update packages to to increase the I suppose the mean time to resolution or mean time to patching kind of thing. There.
0: Yeah. No, that's 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 really good. And um was the other area um Microsoft Defender Vulnerability Management sort of an add on on top of Defender Framepoint? Yes,
1: yeah, so this this is quite interesting. So yes, yeah, so there if you got um, if you got like I said plan two um you can have this as like an add-on because you get a lot of the sort of uh, quite a lot of the capability already but if you don't have defender for endpoint plan 2 you can add on MDVM sort of full full license there's like a full like a full license and an add-on license um to give you you know what you get in MDE without the EDR capability um and then the the extra stuff so some of the extra stuff, and we did talk about this in a, a previous episode when it first came out. But um, you can do things like baseline assessments, so you can help with hardening your, your environment. So that's you know going against the CIS baseline, things like that, which is really good to sort of sort of have. But one of the other areas is that it brings in, um, it allows you to now see uh, once it's enabled, um, your your um your browser extensions and what how risky they might be what permissions they have which you might not be able to see because you know we might be able to see what you know what version of edge or chrome you have but we probably can't see those extensions um you know that are plugged into it so you can now see that information and then you can determine you know whether they're risky or not and then maybe update your policies to restrict which which ones you're allowed to use Um, another part to it is that you can see your, um, the certificates on the endpoints so that you can see, you know, ones that have expired rogue, you know, rogue, um, certificates, um, things like that on there. I mean, we had that we had a customer say that was quite useful, um, not necessarily for sort of vulnerability management, but from an operational perspective that they could actually find out where they're their um you know their wildcard certificate is so they know where to go and update it kind of thing which is quite interesting didn't think about using it that way um and then from a discovery perspective then they now as another sort of final section is that they've got um it's now able to look at bios and firmware of your endpoints so it will tell you that you've got a vulnerability in your dells your dell bios or your lenovo bios you know um so you, so you can see from that level as well whether there's a you know ufi or a tpm you know issue that needs patching so now you're not just going down to software install, you're now going down to hardware and firmware which i think is key as well because that's definitely difficult to patch sometimes because it's taking the machine out potentially
0: yeah especially if it's um like uh, BIOS firmware versions of, you know, different... If you've got multi-vendors as well, right? You know, um, Mm. and multi, because lots of organizations have many different types of devices, you know, Um, change providers over years, different rolling stocks of laptops, endpoints, servers, etc., right? Keeping on top of all the latest, like, BIOS revisions for all the different uh, SKUs of laptops you have in your organization, you know right
1: you could have 20 different laptops (laughs) in your organization right and and you know some of those patch those updates you need to go you know it's not like you said it's clear cut to go and patch them because it might be that it's it's doing a patch to the tpm which means that you know bitlocker goes into recovery because it's been changed you know and then users have to go through recovery you know it might be quite a not it might need required patching because of the vulnerabilities but it could be user impacting quite a lot yeah yeah definitely so so kind of that bit but there is some um i did say there wasn't any remediation but there's some prevention as well in this in the mdvm sort of add-on and that is um that if you've got a vulnerable application you can tell the, you know the, the solution the vulnerability part of mde and and the, this add-on to um to block the application until it gets patched which i think was very interesting so you know if you've got users that aren't patching out there you say to them you need to you know you need to do a, an you know patch adobe or you know whatever software it might be zoom um then you know, you need to patch it and you keep telling them and you know a week later, two weeks later you say I haven't done it, you can just block the application until they do it now. So it can be a bit of a uh, you can for you know force that part, but you know, if you have got a really high vulnerability, um, you know, high risk one, then you can just block that application until it gets patched to just prevent your risk. Yeah. So So even even,
0: even if the application's there, it can't be exploited because it's prevented from being executed right yeah
1: so, exactly yeah yeah amazing. which which obviously is is risky to the heat well not risky to the user but disrupted to the user but stops stops that you know vulnerability ever taking place especially if it's like quite easy to exploit
0: yeah and it would it would probably mean that you know that that patching is prioritized or you know because if there is actually a disruption at that point you know you're probably going to get a ticket about that pretty quick
1: yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, and like I said, the so that's kind of it for those kind of areas. Like quick, sort of quick, sort of talk about that. But it does prioritize as well which ones you should be doing first, but, you know, which was the riskiest, and things like that.
0: Yeah, no, well that, that's what you want, right? Because I assume in organisations there can be quite a mound of just you know whack a mole you know (laughs) right so you you need you need to know which ones to sort of hit first
1: yeah and probably the the only other product just to the other one was like when i briefly said about defender for iot you know it's a different in the ot side of things you know it's different but there is you know um threat intelligence that gets pushed down to those sensors to tell you if there's high risk vulnerabilities in your ot environment um slightly different sort of view of the world but um because it's the you know an environment that you don't really ever patch if it's working and and things like that so it's just worth understanding your risk there
0: yeah definitely yeah 100 percent. cool alan um any other product areas that you want to cover
1: uh no i can think off, off the top of my head i mean like i said cspm does some of that agent and stuff, MDE and things like that. I can't think of anything else on top of my head. You know, the licensing, I guess we kind of talked about. You know, it's Defender for Endpoint Plan 2, or yeah. this Microsoft Defender Vulnerability Management SKU, um, and maybe the Enterprise IoT SKU as well. Uh, if you don't have a, is it M365E? Five. 3 plus E5 security, I think, isn't it? You get it.
0: Is it 4E5? Oh,
1: I can't. I can't remember off the top of my head. No. I thought it was e th- I thought it was E5 security as long as you had E5 security.
0: That would make sense.
1: Um Yeah, and you know, Defender for Cloud is, you know, consumption based and subscription based. And Defender for IT is based on site and how many devices you're detecting and, and protecting on those OT environments. So relatively simple. Um so yeah, it's definitely worth thinking about Microsoft of Vulnerability Management, the that add on. Um I don't know what it is in USD, but in GBP, um the add on is something like one one pound sixty two per user per month. And I think the full version, if you don't have MD, is two pounds sixty or two pounds seventy, something like that, off the top of my head when I last looked. So it doesn't seem to me, it doesn't seem like, a. I mean, it depends on how you, use you have, of course, but for the amount of value you get and be able to show that you're doing vulnerability management, maybe to your site, you know, cyber insurance or something. You know, I think it's very, very powerful.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, I don't know, It's 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 hard for me to know what else is out there, you know, outside of Microsoft, right? What other people are offering and, you know, how that sort of compares. Um, but we, we do see, you know, a large number of organizations bundling in a lot of security solution with their productivity license. Right. You know, if you, mm-hmm. if you're on a, well, if you're on sort of any combination of E3, E5, etc. cetera, um, you get sort of bundled savings, don't you really, you know, of your solutions. Yeah. Okay. Microsoft vendor vulnerability management is an add-on defender for cloud cspm is extra capability you know and it's well it's cloud focused so it's kind of separate really to the normal yeah yeah it, well it's a bit different because if you had servers but anyway it doesn't matter but <laughs> my <laughs> the point being is is that you you can get a lot of value bundled in with your productivity license right or with a an extra cost in on top and it's like somebody's like it's it's people's jobs to actually work out like the licensing you know optimization of you know all of these SKUs and, and various different things that organizations should have so you can be creative in what you do and don't have you know if you did have your own edr solution and you didn't need you know um edr from mde you could license this via using the same agents right but you could just Mm -hmm. use it for vulnerability management if that's something that you wanted to do. So I would call out the flexibility there to just highlight specific solutions and workloads that you need, which you may pay more for because it's unbundled and you're adding stacking on top of things, but it is possible to just, you know, single out this technology.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we're seeing a lot of, you know, that we've seen a lot of customers starting to, to use, I mean, a lot of, you know, a lot of customers got MDE, see, you know, see the value in the vulnerability management side of it. And then, you know, we've been doing some recent workshops, you know, around the MDVM capability, you know, and it's just, you know, the matter of sort of interest in it now because of the extras, that sort of extra capability that you get there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Alan, uh, anything else you want to cover? Or sh- should we wrap it up there?
1: I think I it. It's just probably some call-outs on other episodes. So uh, Season 4, Episode 13, we did Microsoft Defender for Ability Management when it came out. Um, I think we got Season 5, Episode 4. So a couple of weeks ago, like I said, we got Defender for Endpoint, generally. Um, and then last season, Season 4, Episode 4, we've got an episode on Defender for Cloud, CSPM KBRT. But probably won't have the um vulnerability scanning uh agentless part in it because it wasn't out then. <laughs> but um <laughs> or maybe it was, I can't remember. It's it is a recent thing, so um, but yeah. Um okay, Sam, what about next week's episode?
0: Um, I'm gonna cover Azure Event Grid. Um, so it's a it's I would say it's relatively niche. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know a huge amount of people that um, use it in production or um, generally know about it. So I just sort of wanted to highlight um, Event Grid because there is some uh, really cool functionality there. But effectively, it's a, um, a, 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 a scalable and fully managed um, pub sub messaging distribution service, um, and uh, it uses um, a pub. Uh, sort of popular consumption patterns and it is highly integrated with azure itself um so it's definitely worth um uh, knowing about if you are building solutions in azure because it can be really handy to help to trigger certain conditions um yeah using a, th- this type of messaging uh, protocol but without having to manage it yourself which i think is always a good thing
1: cool okay that sounds that sounds interesting Um, Okay, so did you enjoy this episode? If so, please do consider leaving us a review on Apple or Spotify. This really helps us reach more people like yourselves. Uh, If you do have any specific feedback or suggestions, we have a link in our show notes to get in contact with us.
0: Yeah, and if you've made it this far, thanks ever so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one.
1: Yeah, thanks all.